and welcome to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Through this show, we hope to provide a resource of education and encouragement for students, parents, and leaders about the revival of Christian values in our community. On A Court of Three Strands, we'll focus on the three foundational strands that make a strong, flourishing Christian culture, the church, the family, and education. We desire to order these things around God's word to advance Christ's kingdom and so glorify him and bless our community. My name is Ron Young, former headmaster at Providence Academy and founder of the Palatine Institute. And I'm Allison Tuttle, a wife and mother and the director of the Palatine Institute. Through our conversations, we look forward to sharing fellowship, knowledge, and practical wisdom for his glory here on A Court of Three Strands podcast. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Hello, and welcome back to A Court of Three Strands, the Palatine Institute's podcast on creating Christian culture. Today, we are starting a new season, season seven, and we are entitling this season Burning Yet Flourishing. Ron, tell us tell us what you want us to be discussing and yeah. talk about the title a little bit. So if, if, if you're a long-term or time listener, season one was called Burning Yet Flourishing. And um, we're we're doing it again. So this is the second part of Burning Yet Flourishing, I guess we call it. You're right. Um, Arden's said, you're in. Yeah. So if you recall from the very first season, we talked about a a Christian culture as something that's, um, is like the burning bush, burning yet flourishing. Yes. Um, Where the burning bush was on fire, but nothing was, it wasn't being consumed. Yes. And um, a, a culture that's based around the word of God and, and uh, the following of him um, is one that's going to sanctify and give light. Yes. And it's warm and cozy. Everyone likes a fire, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, it's all good. And so as we were going through, like last season was the Ten Commandments, and we, we kind of left on this idea or understanding, like a culture needs to be built on this morality. Yes. And yet none of us are able to keep it. Keep it. Yeah. Um, and, and so we left season um, six with some of Westminster confession of faith, the, the uh, catechism talking about the fact that we can't keep it. Um, but that what Christ has done is he's justified us, right? He's, yes. he's made paid the price so that we yeah. can um, be made right with him. Mm-hmm. And then I had been preparing or we had been preparing for the, a season to talk about feasting. Yeah. And, and it occurred to us that perhaps we should have something in the middle. Yeah. A segue. <laughs> a segue. Yes. And, and the thought had to do with, for lack of a better term, spiritual discipline. Right. Like how, what is this? When, when Jesus said that he's come, that we might have life. Mm-hmm. And then we might have it to the full. Mm-hmm. Um, what what does that mean uh, to us on an individual basis, and then how that is played out in the in the larger pictures is kind of we've been talking about it in the larger picture. I think a lot. Yes. And when we come to feasting, that'll be an aspect of that. So we thought we would we would we would do a season here. Um, talking about how is it that we avail ourselves to this life? Like, what is this life for us? And how does this work? And how do we 
Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So, um, so, so today's episode is our introductory episode in in season seven, um, and we're entitling it "That You May Have Life." Mm-hmm. So, again, from John chapter ten, um, Jesus says, "The thief can't come cometh not, but for to steal and to kill and destroy." I come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. Yeah. And I, that was a little King James. <laughs> there are certain verses, Allison. So I'm an old guy, 56. There are certain verses I learned when I was a kid and, and it was all King James. Mm. And then uh, in the late seventies, like all sorts of evangelical churches, we abandoned the King James and went to the NIV. Yeah. So I have this really weird jumble of memory verses that are uh, either King James or NIV or a mixture. Yeah. And then of course, later in life, I've, I, I've been trying to do more with ESV. Yeah. So it's, it's really weird. I'm not a young man anymore. So you're just going to have to, people are just going to have to put up with my idiosyncrasies here. <laughs> okay. So so the question is, what, what does this mean? What, what's the abundant life? How is it experienced? How is it offered? How is it received? That then that's kind of like going to be the, the big thing. Yeah. So just to start us back in the Garden of yes, where God made everything and it was very good, and there was no sin in the world. Um, you, you recall that uh, God has given everything for man. Gave everything to eat, all the the green plants and yep. and all this stuff. Of course, I like to talk about that. That's why we're going to talk about feasting. Yeah. it's it's part about being a human is uh, is eating. It wasn't good for man to be alone. He created, um, he made Eve out of the rib of man, um, that they might have this life. Mm-hmm. And in the center of their life, in um in the garden, were two trees: the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and the tree of life. They were not to eat of the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They're to trust God, to have faith in God that he is going to let them know what good and evil is. Yes. They're, they don't get to choose on their own. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that, God's job. That's God's job. And we're supposed to just uh, trust, uh-huh. uh, trust and obey for there's no other way. Be happy in Jesus. See, there you go. Yep. I should be reading King James Version and singing that song. <laughs> um, So... The, the, but it's, it doesn't stop there. The second is the tree of life is there, which they have access to eat. So as we talked about in earlier episodes, there's a pattern of worship in the garden before sin ever entered the world. And that is that the symbol of the tree of life is to remind them of God's word and to trust and obey it. Mm-hmm. And in gratitude, take and eat of the tree of life and commune with God forever. Yes. And this is, this is how life is intended Mm -hmm. and it's a good life, Mm -hmm. right? They have their work, the the tilling of the garden and of planting and of fellowship with God and man and, and with no sin. And it's just good. For a short time. For a short time. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And so there's, there's this, there's this understanding that the good life that what Jesus is offering is a life of communion with him once again. Yes, a return. A return to to paradise. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And um 
And so we, we, t- we had talked about last season, the last episode, that, that what Jesus did for us on the cross is what um, has paid the penalty for our sin, the wrath, the punishment of sin is, is all put on Jesus. But also the obedience of Jesus, his faithfulness, his, it has been imputed to us. Yes. Right. So, so there's this justification that we are, we are made right with God solely through what Jesus has done. Yeah. We, we, we contribute nothing to it. Right. And like that Jesus was the second Adam. He lived the way we were intended to live. Absolutely. In submission to the father. Yes. So, so not only is um, his, our sin is imputed to Jesus mm-hmm. and he took it on. His righteousness is, in, is imputed, imputed to, to us. So even though we're not the perfect, we're, we're not, um, holy. Yeah. Um, God is now because the imputed righteousness of Jesus is going to treat us as if we are. Yes. There was this great exchange that happened. Yes, the great exchange. So now if if we just stopped there and said and we all lived happily ever after, that would be great. Yeah. The problem is it, this this imputed righteousness does not make us actually righteous. And we're lived so we're we're still fallen creatures in a fallen world. Mm-hmm. We've just been justified by the grace of God. Mm-hmm. God is not content with leaving us there. There's a process by which he is going to conform us into the image of his son. Mm-hmm. And that process is called sanctification. Right. Right. So sanctification is going to, is, the idea is that this um, grace of God is, in, is infused in us. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so the, the, the idea of imputed righteousness is um, basically we're not righteous. Jesus is, and Jesus, Jesus's righteousness is credited to us. Yes. It's sort of this legal standing before God. Right. Yeah. So the, the process of actually becoming righteous Mm -hmm. of, of us being conformed to the image of the son Mm -hmm. is, is called sanctification. Mm -hmm. It's progressive. It is, um, it is God's work in us, but we are also active in it. Yep. So we have this union with Christ, this fellowship with him, and we still, and yet in our sin, um, hinder him, we can yeah. ignore him, we can be disobedient, yep. we can, you know, and it's not good. Right. And so the, the question is, um, how, if we acknowledge that the good life, the life that God is offering us in Jesus, right? This, mm-hmm. He's come that we might have life and have it to the full. Mm-hmm. And and it's and and you've heard preachers everywhere tell you, and they're correct. It's not saying just that you're going to have life someday in heaven, right? Right. That this abundant life, this this full life, b- begins now uh-huh. in in Christ. Yes. So what we want to do is this: the season is talk about well. How do we avail ourselves to this promise of sanctification? How do we, 
how do we um, uh, put ourselves in a position that we are um, progressing mm-hmm. in sanctification? Mm-hmm. And and it's going to be interesting. So I, I had a conversation with uh, with a great friend of mine. He's a pastor out in New England, uh, Dave uh, Denis. And I say his name because I know he listens to my podcast. Hi, Dave. Dave. Hey, you doing? So just last night we had a conversation because we, we talked about this idea of um, piety, right? So we're what we're going to say is it, we should we should make it a concern of ours to become more pious, more pious. Yeah, and 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 we were talking about the the difference. I I grew up in a Wesleyan holiness background mm-hmm. where this piety was um was was really horrible <laughs> yeah it was, it was like harmful it was my whole goal is to avoid sin mm-hmm. and so in avoiding sin it it was um every everything seemed to be in the negative mm-hmm. right and if i if i sinned if i blew it then god's going to be upset with me yeah right and so if I, so the, the best thing I could do to be holy is just to be around people who aren't going to make me mad. Right. right. So I'm just. <laughs> Help you avoid whatever. Yeah. Right. And sin we, is, we talked is about your that, flavor. That, yeah. We talked about another podcast. Like, yeah. like it, it is very easy for me to think that I'm righteous if I just surround myself with like-minded people. Right. Because we're all going to love each other. And it's just because it feels like I'm loving myself. Exactly. With, without me acknowledging that I'm loving myself. I'm yeah. going to think I'm good that I'm loving these other people. Right. Pat myself on the back. How, how good I am. Look how good I am at avoiding sin. Yes. When I just avoid people who are hard. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I just avoid the things that Jesus tells me to do. Yes. As a side note, I think this is part of uh, why God makes us parents. Like, well, well. It's a good part of parenting. Oh, absolutely. Because it becomes unavoidable. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyway. Remember when you thought you were patient? Right. <laughs> Before you had children or got married even, really. Hey, mom, 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 <laughs> mom. Hey, mom, mom. Oh, just shut up. Yes. Oh, or dad, dad, dad. Yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy. But we, we, but this is for our good. Yes. We, we understand we're not patient. Learn patience. Yes. We're not, yeah, and and it's just so. So the 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 holiness tradition that I had grown up in, and and this again, you 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 might be listening to me and having the same background or that that theology, but but your experience of it is completely different, and I acknowledge that. Yeah, it it might just be where I was, or but the motivation of it was, I don't want God mad at me. Right. And it seems like a certain it's like one of the ditches on the road is that life as a Christian is just this list of don'ts. Yeah. You know, and yes. that's not a flourishing life. Yes. And and so what in, in my life, I went from from a Wesleyan holiness into a Lutheran piety um, mm-hmm. background. And um, and, you know, this is Luther, you know, sin boldly. <laughs> it's just completely like what? This is. This is crazy. Like, yes. how, um, but believe more boldly still that you're forgiven, mm-hmm. and the, and the, the whole idea of, um, we we want to um, we're going to pursue what we sense God's calling us to do, and do it boldly, 
not in fear that somehow I'm going to blow it and he's going to be mad at me. Right. But in complete confidence that he's already forgiven me. Right. Right. Yeah. So it, you, there's that, you know, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. Yeah. That, that sounds horrible, but it, it kind of was this, this switch in my mind. And I, um, so Allison last night was leading a discussion on uh, uh, Dante's Divine Comedy yep. um, that, that the Palatine Institute is doing with um, people in the community called that Providence Academy. And um, if you're local, you should come. If you're local, you should come. Yeah, you're invited. Yeah, yeah. Just check out our website or our Facebook page and yep. you can, can see when it's when the times are. We just started. Yep. In fact, the only thing we talked about was the introduction. Yes. And the translator's note, really. It wasn't, we haven't even gotten into the book, so, so you're, you're, you're good. Yeah, you're not behind. But one of the things that Allison, in the, in, in the Divine Comedy, you have a, um, Dante is, has a guide. Yeah. And, and so one of the questions that you asked us was, you know, did you ever have a mentor? And I, and it, and it was just interesting that just thinking through this, um, this football coach at Vintage High School, Coach Curtis, my freshman year, um, telling me I needed to be more aggressive. And when I told him, like, I, well, I don't know what I'm doing. He said, if you're going to make a mistake, do it a hundred percent. And how that just, that, that actually just changed. Yeah. Your whole way of my, thinking about life. My coaches weren't interested in me making a mistake. They can correct a mistake. Right. What they wanted was my heart. You to be all in. All in. Yeah. I think God, God is the, the same thing. Yeah. So, so this Lutheran piety was very helpful. Mm. And because it, 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 it erased the fear for me, yeah. I think in, in a pursuit of, of, uh, in pursuing God and his will for me in my life. Yeah. And then as I, as I grew, um, especially in studying scriptures, as most of you can guess, I became reformed. Mm-hmm. more and more reform and that there's this this other addition to it and and it just blew me away is that the entirety of our obedience is simply out of gratitude mm-hmm. i'm not i'm not doing this so that god will accept me as his child right i do it because of all the lengths he's gone to to make me his child and now i have the freedom to pursue as a son of god Yes. Uh, the things of God. Yes. And it's, and it's a, it's a response to his grace. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to earn anything. Mm-hmm. It's a response to his grace and it is, it's joyful. And it becomes natural. Yes. Because you're actually living as you are. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then being in a church community where the whole assumption is, yeah, we're all sinners. Right. And not in a defeatist way going, well, we're just sinners anyways. Just, we're just keep going. Keep going. Yeah. No, 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 no. We're going to pursue what is good and what is true, what is beautiful. We're going to, we're going to pursue what God has for us, but because we're, we already know we, we don't have to hide anything. We're sinners. We're going to blow it. Right. I know that I will blow it. Mm -hmm. Right. Same. And, and yet I'm already forgiven Mm -hmm. and, and he's already, um, Taken on everything. I mean, it's it. It's um. It it's so it's a relief. Like, right. I'm going to become what God wants me to do, uh, or or to be, mm-hmm. and um, and failure is part of it, but that's already part of the whole thing. So why? Right. 
And and the horizontal reconciliation also becomes yeah. now possible, which yes. il- also eliminates fear, you know, because so, you're now vertically vertically reconciled with God and then now have an, the ability to yeah. horizontally reconcile when yeah. you blow it. Yeah. And I can, I can fully go to another guy in the church and go, dude, you blew it. That's, that's sin. God's word says this, this. And he goes, yeah, but you did this. And I go, absolutely I did. And then I repented and God forgave me. And that's what you, right? Yeah. Like, well, I don't have to, I don't have to somehow think that I need to be perfect in order to administer, um, any kind of, uh, Correction. Correction. Or, yeah, rebuke. Re, or rebuke. Yeah. Because, yeah. Okay, yeah, let's look at my life. I've been a screw-up, and right. look what God's doing right. in my life. It almost qualifies you more, yes. to, you know, to come alongside and yes. say, hey, yes, I see this. This was, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, this is a side note. I hope this is. That's fine. It's fine. We like side notes. Yeah, I remembered back in the uh, the old I Kiss Dating Goodbye. Movement. Movement was a really weird, and. At the time, I was homeschooling kids, and I was a pastor, and I get all sorts of people asking me about it, and I'm like, going, "Yeah, I don't really buy that. I don't, I don't think that's a. I there's some wisdom in there, like this, you know, if you have a, if you have, for instance, a, a son or daughter who just has to have a boyfriend or girlfriend all the time, mm-hmm. there's something wrong with them, mm-hmm. right? They have a, there's some sort of esteem issue that needs to be addressed, addressed, right? Yeah, um, and it's not good. It's it's because your your daughter's not developing an identity on her own, right? And and that is unhealthy. You know, in, in in Christ, it's unhealthy, and you know whatever. There's there's all sorts of issues I had with the kiss dating good, good, goodbye uh, part. Um, but but people are asking me about courtship and things and how that would work, and you know. And anyway, I'm I'm uh, reading this guy's um like how he acts as a gate for his daughter. Like, he's like, I can't pick husband for my daughter. That's ridiculous. Like, mm-hmm. You know, so they, you know, uh, what I can do is I can, I can give her the thumbs up. Like, yeah. Yeah. This guy's good. Mm-hmm. And he says, the first couple questions I ask is like, you know, how do you, you know, um, you know, what are your interests and, you know, about your background, about, you know, and about your, just about the fourth or fifth question I go, when's the last time you looked at pornography? And he, and he goes, the reason I want to do this, I want to drill down. I want my daughter to marry a man who is, who has sinned and struggled with sin and has some major victory in his life. Mm-hmm. He says, what I don't want is a kid who's been so sheltered. He's never had any temp- real temptations in his life. Yep. We don't know what he's going to do or what kind of man he would be when he fails or when he falls. Yeah. Because he hasn't had the opportunity. Because he has had the opportunity to have it, mm-hmm. and um, and so I I I I think about that a lot, like how how we ought to understand our we have to deal with our sinful nature, mm-hmm. and and understand it's it's bad, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that and that because of it, um, we. We have to be mindful not to fall into sin, but not be scared, so scared that we don't pursue life. Mm-hmm. Right? Yep. And and so this this is part of what it means to be a, a life abundant. And so 
I think what happens is outsiders, when they look into Christian life and they meet individual Christians, they'll see one of two, one of three things, one of three things. One is they, they just see hypocrisy, mm-hmm. right? You say you believe this and basically they, they say they do. They accepted Jesus into their heart or however you want them to say it, or they grew up in the church, but their life isn't really congruent with what the Bible teaches mm-hmm. and they don't seem to care. Right. They just want to seem good enough, mm-hmm. but everyone sees the hypocrisy. Your witness to that person is, is useless, useless, right? Maybe harmful. Yeah. And then the other are those who are trying to be righteous because there's this fear. Mm. And often they're going to keep you at a distance and you're going to seem, the the outsider seems to miss, you know, the holy huddle, the, 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 the righteous people. Right. I, so I, in, in my background, I used to think of, you know, this idea of, you know, be holy, even as my father is holy. And I hated that verse mm-hmm. because the quote, holy people I knew, I didn't like them. Mm-hmm. They certainly didn't like me. Right. Mm-hmm. They just, I, why would I want to be like them? Right. What I want to be is like Jesus. Yeah. Right. If, if we get to know Jesus, that's who I want to be like. And, um, and so the third, so you, you, so you have one response is they're hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I don't want anything to do with the church or they're these dislikable people yeah. who, are, who are trying to be whole. I don't want anything to do with them. Mm-hmm. The third is simply uh, sinners saved by grace who are pursuing a life with Jesus and their life tends to be filled with gratitude and joy. Yeah. And that's, that's like, oh, if that's what it means to be a Christian, right? So, yeah. so Allison, when we talk about the, one of the main goals of the Palatine Institute of which this podcast is a part of, is the re-evangelization of the United States of America. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so the way forward to that is developing a culture of of grace and joy. Yeah. But that's going to come with people who are filled with grace and joy. Yeah. So, So we're avoiding those two ends of the, or sides of the road that you mentioned. Yep. We want that, that straight and narrow, what of, of joy and confidence in the Lord. Can I take us on a short segue? Please do. Okay. This has to do with books. Okay. Of course. Um, there is a series of books written for children. It's called The Wing Feather Saga. Yeah. Andrew Peterson. And the story is that there's these three siblings who are children of a lost king. And they don't know their identity. And the world they live in is terrible, but it's all they know. And over the course of four books, they learn who they are. They learn who their father is and who their mother is, who's still living. And they, the brokenness becomes foreign because they understand over the course of their lives who they actually are and how to live that way. And I think that that... That particular story has given me a lot of context for this exact conversation because it's, they never fully know the way forward except to walk faithfully in their new identity, like one step at a time. Yeah. And, and learning how to more fully embrace 
who they actually are and what that means for how to live moving forward. Yeah. And it's beautiful. You should read the books to your kids. There you go. That's my segue. All right. That is cool. I, I'll have to get some grandkids yeah. and start reading them. You will. I know I will. Yeah. It'd be awesome. Yeah. Wow. No, that's, yeah, living into who you are. Right. And it's it's living um, as one in Christ. And it's the idea, like going back to the story of the Garden of Eden, right? Like reminding ourselves the way that we were designed to live and then moving forward in that way which is unknown because we don't know any other way but brokenness and sin, except that Christ has come and redeemed us. And so every day we make a little forward progress in living a flourishing life, you know? Yeah, that's good. So this season, before we get into things like feasting and hospitality and all these other really cool things, I I can't wait till we get there. Yeah. Is, um, it, it, it would make sense that if if we understood who we are first mm-hmm. in Christ, yep, and and that and that these things, this um, this life that Jesus offers us, us is a good is really is a good is one. is the best way. And and so how do we how how do we get there? No. How do we go from a I don't know. Um, a person that kind of finds themselves on either side of that road, that end of the ditch. Yeah. And how do we get back on the road that's that's good and yeah and gracious and and it? Do you think beautiful. it's true that we naturally will sort of bounce from one side to the other? Oh yeah. You know, not maybe not all the time, absolutely. but we're we're always going to be finding ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. You need and to course correct. I, I, really do believe it, and 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 so my my. Do it boldly. Do it boldly. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. Get in and out of the ditches boldly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So that's the theme of our of this season. Um I think to set us up for, for next episode, I, I want to go through the because I I've I've began to enjoy talking through catechism. I know, me too. It's been really great. So in the in the shorter catechisms. Um, questions 75 and 76, what is sanctification and what is repentance to life? Let's, let's, let's go over these things really fast. Yeah. It'll kind of set us up. So, okay. Do you want to read the question again? Question 75. Yeah, you read that one. Question 75. You want me to do it? Oh, what is, oh, Allison, <laughs> I forgot how we do this. Allison, what is sanctification? Sanctification is a work of God's grace whereby they whom God hath before the foundation of the world chosen to be holy are in time through the powerful operation of his spirit, applying the death and resurrection of Christ unto them, renewed in their whole man after the image of God, having the seeds of repentance unto life and all other saving graces put into their hearts. And those graces so stirred up, increased and strengthened as that they more and more die unto sin and rise unto newness of life. Okay. So a couple things to look at this. So this is what God is doing that we will be um renewed in our whole person after the image of God. Yeah. Right. Yep. That that is okay. So a couple things. We've been chosen for this to be made holy before the foundations of the world. Yeah. In, in other words, no matter who you are, where you're at in your life, um if God has called you to himself, 
this is his plan and his purpose, and he will accomplish it. Yeah. All right. So if, you know, there's um, three batters on base, I'm thinking the Brewers now, you know, we need to, we need to finish strong here. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, three, three batters on base, base loaded. It's two outs. It's the end of the ninth inning here, and you're up to bat. It, that would be terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like, it's all up to me. Like, I have to hit home run to win, or if I strike out, we're done. You know, it's just yep. horrible. But if I know in advance that I'm going to succeed, how much confidence would you? you know, it just yeah. changes your mind. Yep. Like, God is he who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it in you until the day of Christ Jesus. Yep. Right. This mm-hmm. is this is a promise that's been given to us because he is. It's God's going to do this. It's his work. But it, it then goes on to say that um, it, it also is, it's it's through the powerful operation of his spirit applying the death and resurrection of Christ. Okay, In other words, what is necessary for this to happen has already been done. So it's, it's, it's that um, in God's plan, it's going to be for the death and resurrection of his son, Jesus, that's going to, to be applied to us. And it's already happened. Mm-hmm. Right. So there's no contingencies in the future right. that are going to mess this thing up. Yep. It's a, it's a done deal. It's a done deal. Yeah. Such good news. And so these, this, everything needed for our life, for our sanctification has already been planned for. It's already been accomplished. And the seeds of all of it that will grow into that fruit have been given to us. It's been the seeds of repentance unto life and all other saving graces, everything needed. Uh, has been put into our hearts so that so and these graces so stirred up increased and strengthened as the they more and more die to unto sin and rise unto newness of life so so this is this is all good news it is it's such good news so it's just so all that's left is time growing and time yeah repentance unto life yep faithful living So speaking of repentance unto life, Allison, what is repentance unto life? Repentance unto life is a saving grace wrought in the heart of a sinner by the spirit and word of God, whereby out of the sight and sense, not only of the danger, but also of the filthiness and odiousness of his sins and upon the apprehension of God's mercy in Christ to such as are penitent, he so grieves for and hates his sins is that he turns from them all to God, purposing and endeavoring constantly to walk with him in all the ways of new obedience. There you go. So this repentance unto life is is a grace, okay? It's not, it's not my work, mm-hmm. right? It's a grace. It's given freely to us. It's in the heart of a sinner, wrought into it by the Spirit and the Word of God. Mm-hmm. So... Um, we then begin to, um, hate our sin. Yeah. There's good language in here. Yeah. The filthiness and odiousness of his sins. And, um, and, and so, so it, what, what the spirit is going to do in the word of God is going to do to the believer is then 
we are going to have a greater and greater sense of our sin and hatred for it. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, understand the bigness and greatness of God's mercy in Christ. Mm -hmm. And then, and that's going to be the thing that um, makes us penitent and grieve and hate our sin and turn from them to God and, and endeavoring, purposing, endeavoring constantly to walk in him in all his ways into obedience. Yeah. And I think with the, the, what, what the, the difficulty for me in my life, or as I kind of explained in the theologies that I kind of grew up in was that it was backwards. Mm -hmm. Like it would be like, I'm going to purpose, purpose and endeavor to constantly walk with him in right. Mm -hmm. And that, and, and what ends up happening is, is that instead of then that making me then hate my sin and, and be grievous t- towards all those sins and then, and then realize the greatness of his mercy, mm-hmm. it, it, it became to be, um, that, I, that I, I hated the judgment of wrath of God. Mm-hmm. Right. And I didn't think my sins were as bad. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah. Because that's the only way I could live. Yes. If I downplayed my sin, mm-hmm. right? And I didn't want to be that close to God. Because mm-hmm. if I really wanted to be close to God, then I would have to, right? It, it was this weird thing. It's, yep. it's like, I'm just going to try to become good enough that God will accept me. Right. And that other people will think I'm, I'm holy. Mm-hmm. Rather, other people become the standard too, right? Yeah, right. Because um, you just need to be a little bit better than gym next door yeah whomever you know yeah so if you if you look at it the way that the confession um or the catechism explains it yeah it's it's the opposite direction is that we are the the spirit and the word of god shows us the horror the horribleness of our sin yep which means i don't want that right and and then and then we we see the greatness of his mercy yeah which causes me to desire God and right. to love him yeah. because of what he's done. Yeah. And then in gratitude again, th- this, this idea of purposing and endeavoring to constantly walk with him in all his ways of new obedience is, is because I've, I've grieved for my sin and this is a better way. Yeah. And his mercy is what's drawing me towards that. And, right. it's, and it's all, it, now the catechism here doesn't have the word gratitude in there, but if you read it in the context of the whole catechism, we understand that's what that's what it is. Yeah, my obedience is all about gratitude because the Spirit of God and His Word has have convicted me of of the sin and shown me how evil it is or how horrible it is, how filthy and odious it is. And I don't want that. Right. And then how merciful God is in Christ, and it and and that draws me to Him. Yes. And I want to be to Him yeah. and my new obedience and everything. Is a response of that. Yeah. It's an expulsion of a new affection, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Expulsive power of a new affection. I think that's, yeah. yep. I like that. So anyway, what what this is going to, this is setting us up again is because we're, we're going to talk about then, okay, at, in my life as a typical believer, well, how, how is it that, then that I... I begin to, in a sense, uh, fall under this mm-hmm. grace and conviction and 
mercy and and how does that become part of my life that that produces a new obedience and the joy yeah. and gratitude that comes from it and and there's this little part in there that I think was was very um I bolded it on our sheet mm-hmm. and that is the, the spirit and word of God mm-hmm. and and that's going to be the important part I think so yeah um the, the other thing is, is uh, and this is going to sound right so far, like if I were in the audience today, <clears throat> Allison, I'd be really excited. Like this sounds like really cool. This is going to be, I bet there's going to be some secret mysterious stuff that they know. Never heard before. The secret knowledge of how to, right? And <clears throat> I have some really bad news for you. Anyone who claims some sort of secret knowledge of like, this is really the way is a liar. Mm-hmm. Right. There, yep. Everything that God does and and asks of him us and and gives to us is 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 open. There's no secret. Right. That's it. That's heresy. That's Gnosticism. Yes. It, um. It's it's plain to us all, and it is um and it is ordinary. Mm-hmm. Right. Woohoo! The ordinary means of grace. Yes. <laughs> um. So, which is weird, you know, I, um, and I'll, I'll close on this. The, the, um, uh, I was talking, I think to Paul about this, maybe it was with you, but, the um, uh, Allison's husband's a doctor, um, and Allison's a PA. So here we go. But we were talking about medicine. Um, maybe it wasn't with you. It was recently, but, yeah. but the idea of, um, we advertise medicine is advertised on television. Which is weird. Which is weird. Yeah. We're the only country, I think, on the planet that does that. It's very weird. And um, according to the market research, the if if you were to present a medication and say, hey, this is going to cure your type 2 diabetes and there's no side effects. It's just completely safe. You just have to take this and, it, you know, this whatever it's and then you're cured a, a banana right well, you know whatever something ordinary uh, no one will do it no <laughs> one no one's gonna but if you if you say this pill is gonna cure your type 2 diabetes it's super expensive and it might kill you right i'll give you diarrhea if people and oh <laughs> they go on and on and on right you, you might have some of the possible well, side effects, yeah. The longest part of the commercial are the potential side effects. Oh, and they but, go on and they keep and, and they're I kept, horrible. And I kept thinking, is this some sort of legal is thing? That you're doing? No. <laughs> what the market research says is the the more and uh, side effects, the more serious the side effects are, the more believable that wow. this is going to work. And so people are going to fork out big bucks because this thing might kill me. It's that good, right? That's very weird. So so this is this is my fear as we talk to mm-hmm. an American audience. I know where you're going here, Ron. Right? Yeah. Is that when we talk about this and it's going to be these ordinary things. Yep. I don't know if people are going to believe us. Mm. Like, shouldn't it be, right? Don't we need... Doesn't there need to be some risk involved? Yeah. Don't I need a... Something we, fancy I, and shiny. This will only happen if we have a retreat up in the mountains of you know, when I, in a cabin with the overviewing this, you know, whatever, or yeah, it, 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 
you know. Christians should never be retreating, by the way. But that's that's for another time. Don't we need need candles shaped in a certain thing? Or don't we need a maze to walk through? Or don't we need... Certain words to pray. Certain words to pray. Yeah. You know, whatever the new ones are. And no. No. Yeah. No. It's all going to be very ordinary. So it's going to be a thrilling season of ordinary things. Yeah, it's going to be so great. So great. Anyway... I, I, uh, I hope, <laughs> yeah, your spiritual life can give you diarrhea. Oh, we got to try this. I think well. we should definitely do that one. <laughs> wow. That's a horrible note to add to the end on, but I hope you guys come back. Um, I, I, I am actually excited for this, uh, this season. So yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Bur- burning yet flourishing. Part two. Part two. 